0: The Womanizer is not just any intimate toy for vulva owners, it is THE toy for vulva owners. What makes the Womanizer so special? Their vibrator is equipped with a patented Pleasure Air technology. I love my Womanizer Duo. So it has the clitoral Pleasure Air technology, but it also has uh, an arm for internal G-spot vibration. And it's nice because you can control both. And there are several different um, intensity levels and different patterns and oh, it's just fantastic. Um, It typically has me orgasming in just a couple of minutes and usually multiple times over. I tell everybody about this product. Every vulva owner I know, I have said, you need a womanizer duo. And now I am telling all of you as well. Whether you're looking for something for yourself or that special person in your life, you can't go wrong with the duo. If you're interested in only clitoral stimulation, then I also highly recommend any number of their Womanizer products. They're handheld, easy to use, and they provide lovely pleasure. Uh, I have the Womanizer Starlet 3, and it is also uh, one of my go-tos. It's You're going to have a good time. I can promise you that much. Uh, check out the link in this week's episode description to find the Womanizer product that's right for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Empowered Authenticity, the podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Chopa. Oh my gosh, today's episode is phenomenal. And uh, before we begin, I want to formally and publicly apologize to my best friend, Rachel. For not allowing you to be a part of um, my conversation with today's guest. Um, I fangirled so hard. Like it was real. It was hard to to listen to um, when I edited today. Fortunately, there wasn't a lot of editing that I needed to do. But um, yeah, it was hard for me to listen to myself. Uh, but you know, I meant every word that I said. I i am truly so inspired by today's guest Um, they are so creative and thoughtful and generous Um, and he's also a fantastic performer Um, and so I talk about how Rachel and I first saw them perform Um, and it's definitely a silly story Uh, I can't wait for you to hear it um, so yeah, if you want to hear me sound like an absolute goon babble, um, you got to listen to this episode. <laughs> My guest today is Gene Wildest, and Jean is a burlesque performer. They started, um, as they will tell you, with the Gorilla Tango Burlesque, and they are currently a house member of Bad Taste Chicago and an artistic associate for P.S. Burlesque. Um. oh my gosh I loved this conversation I had so much fun and you know when you are excited to talk to somebody you have kind of an expectation of how the conversation is going to go and what their personality is going to be like and Gene did not disappoint um, if anything he exceeded my expectations uh, just so lovely and you know I know that because he is the burlesque performer um you know he's the one on stage taking off his pants um but honestly I feel like they could charm the pants off of anybody (laughs) which I feel like is a weird thing to say so I hope that they don't hate me for for this introduction this is definitely the weirdest introduction I've ever done but I feel like it's so warranted um I really really enjoyed this conversation and I have no doubt um, that everybody else will too. Uh, Jean also started the National Top Surgery Fund, which appropriately named helps trans and gender nonconforming folks to get top surgery. And it's such a fantastic cause, and I love Jean's kind of pay it forward philosophy. And hearing him talk about it was just really moving for me. Gene talks a lot about the grant um, kind of towards the end of the episode. So definitely, if you want to learn more about it, I highly recommend listening to the episode. Uh, but I've also included the links to find information about the National Top Surgery Fund um, in, the, in the podcast description. Uh, I'll also be sharing it on Instagram. And so I have the links in there if you yourself are interested in applying to be a recipient um, or if you are able to donate. And if you are able to donate, even if it's just $5, you know, every little bit truly does count. And so if you can donate, please do. I understand that we're not all in a financial position to be able to donate and uh, if you're not you know that's okay there's no there's no shame in that Um, but please you can still contribute by sharing this podcast episode by sharing jeans profile by sharing the existence and letting people know about the national top surgery fund so please 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 let's get the word out about this applications are due December 12th, and the recipients will be randomly chosen via a random number draw. Um, There is an award set aside specifically for one person. It's just a really fantastic, wonderful thing. And so I was so excited to talk to Gene and to hear about his journey with burlesque and their journey with gender and also about how they are helping others. And it's just... Oh, it's so lovely. I'm getting goosebumps even now. And I feel so grateful that he agreed to come on this podcast. And um, you know, I hope I really hope that our paths are going to cross again because it was just such a joyful moment in my life. And so I don't want to keep babbling on. I will let you discover Gene's greatness for yourself. Everybody please give a wonderful huge warm welcome to today's guest, Gene Wildest. All right, welcome to the show, Gene Wildest. I'm so happy to have you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: So I have to tell you about um, the first time that I saw you perform. It was, I was with my best friend um, and we frequented um, Miss Mercury Stardust, five star tees here in Madison. Incredible. it, oh my gosh. It was my favorite thing to do on Friday night. And it was like every night we knew it was like, okay, I got the tickets. You got the drinks. Let's do this. Um, and so I remember the night that you came out and I even know, oh God, I'm so goofy. I know exactly which acts you perform. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: <laughs> so the first act was the um, pansexual act. And you came out, and my best friend and I were immediately, like, mesmerized. Like, what is this magical creature? Like, what? Like, we could not comprehend. And I remember, and we both talk about this to this day, um, (laughs) your eyes looked like they could see through everybody's soul.
1: Oh, my gosh. It was... Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We were, like, truly, like gobsmacked like mouths to the floor and the second act you performed was your gamer boy act which was so fun and like dancy and like oh we loved it and so the now the funny part about this is after the show we were you know finishing up our drinks and we like to go around and talk to the performers and be like thank you for coming and tell them you know how great they are um typical fangirl stuff and <laughs> and we saw you from across the bar and we said, oh, we should go say hi. And by the time we got over there, you had vanished. <laughs> you were gone. This is
1: a skill set.
0: <laughs> Truly. We looked at each other and we're like, they're a fucking wizard. Like, they were here and then they weren't. It. What? <laughs> we were. So we were immediately stunned by how fantastic your performances were. And then we were immediately stunned by how quickly you made your getaway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm uh I don't think I have very much Irish in me but I have just enough for an Irish goodbye.
0: <laughs> it was so funny. Like we just both looked at each other and we were like we we saw them, right? Like we we did, right? <laughs> um so all that to say like we are still very much um like I'm pretty sure the only reason she has Instagram is to be able to follow you. <laughs> um <laughs> because like we were so impressed and I can't wait to hear more about your story. Um, so I would love to start by, please tell us how you got started with burlesque.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, so a little ways away from Madison, um, <laughs> I am Chicago based and I started in 2014 with a Chicago troupe called Gorilla Tango. Um, they're not producing anymore. They went under, but, uh, they were a troupe that did full length parody shows. So fully scripted, relatively like black box theater feel. Um, and I went in for an audition and got into their, the rack of con Star Trek burlesque show. Um, and so that's how I did my Gene Wildest debut. And from there did a few more shows with them, learned a lot more about burlesque and nerdlesque and then eventually transitioned over into a solo career.
0: Awesome. And your style, I feel like, is very unique to you. How would you explain that for the folks at home?
1: Uh, you know, I don't have very many words for my style. <laughs> I think when people ask me, like, what my burlesque style is, normally I make a odd face, think about it for a little bit, and then I go, well it's kind of weird um and i think i've been coming to the realization in the past couple years that i'm primarily like a movement artist or a performance artist who uses a burlesque vocabulary so i have a lot of um my background is in hip-hop and in other forms of dance and then because i came up in that guerrilla tango setting i also have a little bit of a comedy background and kind of nerdy background to me too so all of that really comes together so you'll probably never see me do a classic act. I can maybe call myself neo burlesque. Um, but even then, I think I'm a little a little weird for the neo burlesque world
0: yeah i I like the way that you described that uh, a movement artist who uses a burlesque vocabulary, I think that's perfect. <laughs> um you know when i when I look back to like your gamer boy act i mean that's like yeah that's what it is like that was full dance like, yeah
1: yeah i love that act partially just because having a hip-hop background i didn't really use to use a lot of hip-hop in my burlesque because i was like oh burlesque is supposed to be like extensions and pretty and like flow to the music and then i just had a moment where i was like i really just want to do a hip-hop number And figure out a way to take off some clothes to it and be like really fun and also really gay and gamer boy came out of that
0: it was perfect it was very like justin timberlake like (laughs) like new age timberlake you know what i mean
1: i'm (laughs) quoting you on that
0: (laughs) please do it would really honor me (laughs) (laughs) um but like how did you kind of have that realization that like oh, it doesn't have to be necessarily, like, this or this. It can be a culmination of, like, all the things that I love doing. What was that kind of process like for you?
1: Mm, I think a lot of that comes from the fact that I don't really have a formal sense of training in anything. So everything I've done has been primarily gig-based, a lot of working and learning on the job. Um, And then I kind of just have to throw whatever skill set I happen to have at what I'm doing. So just the nature of all of my work tends to be that way. And then I also um, do a lot of like movement and theater work around Chicago. And the more I was around the physical theater and the dance community, the more I realized like, oh, I can bring together these different things. And because I really enjoy burlesque, no matter what I'm doing, it's going to end up having that burlesque vocabulary or that striptease to it, even if it's not necessarily traditional burlesque.
0: Yeah. And I've said this. um, So I believe you're the third burlesque performer I've interviewed because, like, I might be a little obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I always say, like, it's just so interesting to me how many different facets of burlesque there are and how it allows everybody to to communicate differently. And so you can have things that are more classic burlesque. You can have things that are funny, that are scary, that move you, that make you cry, like that are sexy inherently and sexy in a way where you're like, should I be attracted (laughs) to this? Like, I don't know, but I am like, I appreciate that so much about burlesque. And I, I feel like, you know, until you go to a show, you don't really like fully understand the capacity that the burlesque world has to hold. Um, and I think that even like from performer to performer, everybody does have like their own, you know, style quote unquote, but even within that, there are so many different levels. And I definitely see that with your performances as well. Um, I'm wondering if you could tell us like, what inspired you to go to that first audition? Like what made you say, yes, I will be a burlesque performer.
1: So I, I didn't actually go to the audition saying, yes, I will be a burlesque performer. Um, At the time, I was just finishing up college for a linguistics degree um, and I was getting really, really into dance while I was in college, but my college didn't have a dance department at all. So it was all students teaching each other like club based um, and like a single showcase per year sort of thing. So I was back in the city for winter break and I said, you know what, I'm going to go to a bunch of dance auditions and. After college, I'm going to dance until my body can't dance anymore. And then I'll go back into linguistics. So I took, I think it was like two weeks, where I just found as many dance auditions as I could get to take me, which means only open call auditions. Uh, And I would just show up and do what I could do. And the burlesque audition, I was like, I mean, they say it's burlesque. It's fine. I'll figure it out. We'll navigate. Uh, And the first round of auditions was just a dance call and reading sides. Uh, I should mention I had never ever done theater before and I think I gave the worst side read they had maybe ever seen. I don't know, I might be judging myself. But uh, luckily I got the call back on that and then I had to be like, oh, okay, how do I feel getting naked? Um, And I'm a pretty hippie based human, a relatively free soul, if you will. So I was like, yeah, I'm I'm cool with that. That's fine. So did the call back, got the show and then had to be like, oh, OK, so now we need to learn how to get naked tactfully in front of strangers. Great. Um, And I'm really glad it was a fully choreographed by someone else show. So I got to kind of ease into it with a lot of really good mentors.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I that's another thing i love burlesque just in general like i really do i nerd out about this shit so much but like you know and i'm sh- i know that in other parts of of the country even like the community is is different but like for madison and i feel like generally in the midwest sector like <laughs> it's very like arms open like oh hey you're weird i'm weird like let's do this like let me help you let me mentor you And I feel like everybody is so open to be like, hey, let me like let me hold out my hand. And like, if you want to take it, let's do this together. And it's really beautiful. So I'm so glad that you had that experience. Yeah.
1: And I definitely think um, I just want to let you know, Madison is one of my favorite places to perform because it really does have that sense of like you come in and everyone's like yeah awesome we're all doing this thing we love this thing we'll like talk about it enjoy it together have a great time and there's just at least every time i've been to madison to perform it feels like there's support literally on all ends
0: yeah for sure and it's also you know speaking primarily from madison because i attended my first burlesque show here i don't know must be going on three years ago now um and i was hooked right away but I love that you know the Madison community also incorporates drag and we also have a very diverse burlesque like population so we see people from all different walks of life we see people with different gender expressions and gender identities and we see people of color and it's just oh I love it so much <laughs> <laughs> it's really like a beautiful melting pot um but I'm so obviously like I consider you an artist like I hope that you consider yourself to be an artist as well, um, and so I'm curious when you when you craft an act, where does it all begin for you? Where do you draw the in like the inspiration from? And then what is your process for making it come to life?
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: that's a hard question to answer.
1: I think uh, oh, it good. used it that. used to always be a song. Like mm-hmm. I would hear a song. And it was like, okay, this is going to be an act. And then I would just figure it out from there. Uh, But lately, that's really been changing to a little bit more either character-based of like having a character and being like, I want to showcase this texture of movement and then trying to find a song to fit it. Um, Or a singular piece of movement, like a single trick or a single like flick of the wrist somewhere that I'm like, I want this to be in a burlesque act. And then I expand from there. Uh, the thing that generally comes last, which is probably a bad habit is costuming for me, uh, which, you know, burlesque is, I, I like to call burlesque glorified prop manipulation and your costume is your prop. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's a little. Um, It doesn't help my creative process that I figure out the whole thing and then I put in the prop that is central to everything that I'm doing. But that is what happens.
0: I can relate to that. Like, I get, like, a whole thing choreographed and then I'm like, and now I have to take off my clothes. Mm -hmm.
1: Lately, lately I don't choreograph. And by lately, I mean maybe ever. Uh, (laughs) I do... I'm, I have a couple of acts that are by now fully choreographed, but generally I don't have my full movement structured out. I'll have like one or two pieces that I really, really enjoy and places in whatever music I end up choosing that I know I want to put that. But otherwise, I just kind of choose a general movement texture and maybe like a few words out of my movement vocabulary. And then when I get that prop, my costume at the last minute, uh, I spend probably the first three to five times performing a number, just fully improvising the movement and knowing, working out where I want to be taking off or working with those costume pieces. Uh, And then eventually, it gets choreographed. But really, I've learned because that prop comes in last, I can't go in with like an eight count, I have to go in with like, "Mm, this one's like, kind of crunchy and low to the ground and maybe rounded shoulders and that's the extent of my choreography for something
0: and like have you run into any like oh shit moments with that approach or has it always just been like nobody else knows so I can just roll with it
1: there is always an oh shit moment <laughs> always and I love it I love it so much uh I I'd like to think that a lot of my movement carries through and my oh shit moments don't show up on my face. But I also think that sometimes when I find the best stuff, like each iteration of an act that I do, I am thinking in my head, what do I want to keep for the next time I do this? And that's kind of how the choreography takes shape. So sometimes I'll like, you know, pull something off, slide into the splits and then I'm like, oh fuck, I'm in the splits on the floor with half of my shorts off what the (laughs) fuck do I do from here and so tracking those spaces of like oh I can kick my leg up here or that panic moment on stage where instead I just like fish flop over I'm like great this is our new pathway um but yes I have all of the oh shit moments all the time and I love them
0: yeah I feel like burlesque is a great teacher kind of because it is like there is an element of improvisation, right? And so then we we learn how to like work through difficult situations. And we also learn that it's not gonna kill us, right? (laughs) It's not gonna be the end of the world. Um, Personally, I am shocked that you're like, oh, I just like barely choreographed to begin with because, and I'm not saying that as a read, I'm saying it because like, you look so like, everything looks so technical thank you i will say
1: gamer boy is almost completely choreographed
0: okay okay but even like i said with with the pansexual act i was like you were like choreographed down to the eyeballs it looked like
1: (laughs) i remember getting off the stage after that madison show of pansexual and going like well i guess that happened (laughs) so it's great to hear it from another perspective
0: (laughs) it it was Amazing. I mean, literally so amazing that I told my best friend you were coming on and she was like, oh my God. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <So laughs> you made an impact. Your your mission was accomplished and Thank it was you. appreciated. Um, Is there a particular act that you are really fond of that you would consider to be your favorite?
1: I have a lot of favorite acts, <laughs> sometimes depending on the season and sometimes just depending on like where my soul center is, in terms of which, like, movement texture I want. Uh, But I do consistently really love pink, which is my, um, like, gender of gender gender acts, uh, is the best way to say it. I So, I guess for anyone listening who doesn't know, I'm trans. Uh, I identify as a non-binary trans man. And I started performing burlesque when I was still identifying and presenting as a woman. So I've kind of had um, a really great way, actually, of tracking my transition through my stage pieces. And Pink, I put on after I had gotten top surgery, but before I went on T. So it was just an interesting body space to live in and one that I really enjoyed. And Pink is a a little bit inspired by the drag community. I wouldn't call it drag. And it doesn't involve a huge amount of strip. I just take a bra and a top off. But it's very, uh, in the feels about gender. And I think for that, it's really, really special to me, but also because I think the current iteration of my body or where I am now in my transition doesn't read the same in pink anymore. Like I really think a lot about how an audience perceives me from the second I step on stage. And I think where I'm at now, uh, it wouldn't read the same. So I don't know that Pink will go up anymore, or at least it won't go up on stage in the same way it used to. So I also have a little bit of nostalgia for it of like, ah, that was a great time.
0: I love that explanation. and. Yeah, I think it would be really cool if you could find a way to somehow, you know, meld it into a new evolution of itself. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you for sharing that. And I feel like that um, leads us really nicely into my next question, which is um, that you shared you were working on um, a grant for transgender and gender non non nonconforming folks. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so I'm super excited for this. It's the first year it's going up. I bluntly titled it uh, the National Top Surgery Fund, and what it is is a series of grants for people who are looking to get top surgery. So this year it's 2021, and we're looking to fund people who are getting top surgery in 2022. Uh, it's distributed as minimum of two $500 grants, um, and one of them is reserved for Black and Indigenous or people of color. Uh, and. Alongside it, I'm doing fundraising. So if we get additional funds, I can send out more grants, which right now it looks like I am gonna have enough to put out a third $500 grant. Um, And then also just gathering a lot of information this year. So gathering feedback of what we can do better, what other sorts of help people are looking for, um, and gathering an idea of numbers. How many people need this sort of help and how much fundraising can I do? going forward. So anyone who's interested in applying for that, who's looking for a little bit of help next year, um, applications are due on December 12th, 2021, 11.59 p.m. Central Time. Uh, And also anyone who wants to add funds to that or donate to it, we're taking donations up until December 12th. If you want to donate after, that's totally awesome. But then it'll go into next year's cycle instead of this year's
0: that is really cool and i'm so glad that you're getting quite a bit of traction with it as well. uh that's amazing. um so i can i can only assume that um, your transition is kind of the jumping off point for this project. am i am i correct in this? Yeah,
1: it is. Uh my top surgery anniversary is December 5th. And
0: congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh
1: And last year, I always, you know, it's a special day for me. So I like taking it for myself and like just being introspective. Mm -hmm. And last year I was thinking, you know, I've come far enough in my transition. I feel really stable where I am. Personally, I don't think that gender transition ever really ends. I think it's a continuous process. But because I'm at this like really stable point and I think changes are happening a lot more slowly, I was like, where do I want to go forward with this? And it was definitely the answer was I want to help other people, and just give other people a sense of hope. Like I know for me, getting top surgery, I did um, the only show I've ever produced was the Misgender Pageant. Uh, I did for all my fundraising, and it was really, really helpful. Like partially, largely financially to get other people's help on that, but also just to see a bunch of people say like yeah, we believe you're going the right way and we want to help you. And we're here for you. That was huge. So I kind of want to send that energy forward to other people.
0: I love that. That sounds like it was a really validating experience for you. And so I love that you are kind of paying that forward to others. Mm -hmm. Um, And is this something that you created on your own or have you been receiving? Is there like a a co-op that is um, putting this forth?
1: Yeah, so I'm the main person running it. I did get a couple of people's help. I had McDouche come in to give me a little bit of advice, and we talked back and forth about just the strategy and how it was going to run. King Perka6 and Parker Haynes were both beta readers for me, so they read through all of my copy, read through the applications, let me know if there was anything weird or anything that didn't track. And then I also got the logo, which is absolutely beautiful. You should check it out. Uh, was donated by Jimmy Swaggerty of Queer Coded.
0: Oh, Nice. Oh, I just love that. I love oh, this is what I'm talking about, like all this community and like everybody being like, hey, like, I got you like
1: it's so thank it's you. so beautiful. And especially, like I said, the first time around with things when I was getting top surgery, like feeling all that sense of community and then going back in with this and being like, oh, one all of that original community is still there, and two, it's expanded and it's bigger.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if somebody is looking to apply for this grant, are there any stipulations that they need to know about?
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know if I'll get all of them off the top of my head. Um, They should be 18 years or older when they're getting top surgery. Um, They need to be trying to get top surgery in 2022. Uh, They need to be a US citizen, they need to have a secure way of receiving payment and they don't have to provide that right away on the application. It's just, if they get the grant, I need to be able to give it to them. Um, And then the last one is, um, I ask for forms of content or contact on the application form and they need to be able to be contacted within, I want to say it's seven to 10 days after uh, recipients are chosen. And if they don't get back to me in that time period, then I'll choose someone else. Which all of it is a random number generated.
0: Oh wow! Oh, that's so cool. And um, do you anticipate that this um, this fund will continue to grow, and that you'll be able to offer it kind of annually?
1: Definitely. It's. I'm positive it's going to be a yearly fund. Uh, I chose two $500 grants off the bat because I was like, I know I can set aside $1,000 a year and make this always happen. But then again, just with the response I've gotten from this year, it seems like next year I'm going to be able to grow it in a really big way and have a lot more people jumping on to help create it. Uh, And it might, don't hold me to this, but it might go into a 501c3 status so I can get some corporate funding, which i have a baseline distrust of nonprofits, but also i'm like but that corporate money though oh
0: well that's that's so cool that is really fantastic and i appreciate you putting that good out into the world you can't see it but i actually have goosebumps (laughs) i i'm becoming very soft in my old age um (laughs) so am i (laughs) (laughs) great i love it (laughs) so um you know Because we want to support uh, creators of all kinds on this podcast, this is now your opportunity. Please tell us, how can we support you?
1: Ooh, um, I mean, the easiest way is just keep an eye on my stuff. You can follow me on Instagram at wildbananas, W-I-L-D-E, period, bananas. Um, I also have a website, genewildest.com. And just keep an eye there for shows that are coming up um if you want to donate to the National Top Surgery Fund there are links in my bio for that or if you want to apply there are links in my bio too and otherwise just keep watching burlesque and seeing like the weird performance art that's out in the world
0: fabulous yeah i uh i'll definitely be doing that like <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to tell me twice or even once <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate this i had so much fun talking with you and it was so cool to learn about, you know, your process and also your work um with your uh with your grant. I think it's so fantastic that like you are really paying it forward to others and putting so much greatness out into the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was really fun to talk to you and oh,
0: I'm so glad. very
1: cool to get another perspective on that Madison show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anytime. Like if you ever feel like you need like a little bit of hype about it, I'll just be like, it was amazing.
1: I'll hit you up.
0: (laughs) Great. Thank you for listening to Empowered Authenticity, the podcast. Please make sure you rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like more content from Empowered Authenticity make sure to follow on Instagram at empowered_authenticity. We'll see you next week. Do you feel stuck and unmotivated? Want to create your dream life, but don't know where to begin? If you're interested in improving your relationships, communication skills, or feeling more comfortable in your skin, I can help. Together, we can determine what's holding you back from living your best life and help to quiet that negative Nancy residing in your head. If you've been interested in working with a coach who is optimistic and authentic and empowers you to be as well, then schedule your free 30-minute chemistry session today by going to empoweredauthenticity.net. Again, that's empoweredauthenticity.net.